Hello there. Uh, welcome to my Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny spoiler talk. This will be when I talk more spoilers, of course, about the film, which I couldn't go into in my non-spoiler review, which I did last week. If you haven't seen the film and you want uh, that, that's the more the review here. There's the, there's a non-spoiler review here. But if you have seen it, or if you haven't, and you just don't give a shit about spoilers, but you just want to listen to me, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, this will be the my spoiler talk. So full. It won't be a blow by blow of everything that happens, of course. But you know, we'll talk about things that I couldn't talk about in the spoiler talk. Uh, sorry, the non-spoiler. So we'll be we're we're now in the spoiler zone as of right now. Now, I mentioned in this, of course, I think this is quite common knowledge as well, that the first 20 minutes of this film is the uh, de-aged Harrison Ford, and, and uh, set in 1944, outstanding action sequence. This was just so much going on in this. It was just an absolute blast. It throws you right into the film, just kicks the film off in style. Absolutely brilliant stuff here. It was riveting, edge of the seat, classic Indiana Jones. There were so many wonderful moments in this film. It was like, it was so bloody exciting. It just ramped it up so well. You know, the bit when he's like, they're trying to hang him as well. And that was it, he's getting hanged. That was so good. That was really well done. Stuff on the train was fantastic as well. There's a little moment as well when they empty his bag and you actually see he's got a picture of Marion as well there. Nice little touch as well. Shows that after all those years, he was still holding the flame for her, holding the, holding the torch for her. So, you know, it, that was a nice little touch. Uh, so many good, so much good stuff here. Fantastic opening sequence. Absolutely loved it. Uh, you can make an argument that this could be the best opening sequence of any Indiana Jones film. I, I genuinely think it could be. But there you go. I'll, I've only seen the film once, though, so time will tell. Uh, and speaking of time, of course, time travel, Dial of Destiny. There you go. We'll speak about that later. We come uh, now, of course, this has got to be... You, you then cut to like 1969 and you know he's got the thing people were saying like comparing saying he's like uh carl from up and things like that saying he's a grumpy old bastard and all that i mean i'm not being funny at anything but yeah like because he goes and like knocks on the neighbor's door when they're playing the loud music i mean you can't really fucking blame him though because the music was bloody loud so you know maybe it's just me getting fucking old and all i don't know probably maybe a bit of both but you know can't really blame him for that. That didn't really bother me. Things like that. You've got as well when he's teaching his students, but they're not listening to him as well. Some people are saying, oh, that's a sign of disrespect. I was like, no, nah, I think that's more like a sign of the times and things. Of course, this is set during the space race and things like that. Oh, of course, they're, they're going to... Uh, it's all it's announced to go to space, so people were more interested in things like that rather than history. So, you know, that's where it... So I come it comes out. I thought this was actually came across quite well, and I actually seen somebody on Twitter who said, as a teacher, uh, as a this was actually a really realistic scene because students are like that. So you know, that was actually quite well done, uh, and things. And uh, of course, then we meet Helena, which has of course been a of course she's in the lecture. She's like the only person actually answering any of the questions. And then she, you see her having a drink with him. They start talking about the Dial of Destiny and things. She's basically using him to get to, because he's got his half and her father had the other half. Oh, and, and, and this is a, a, a complaint of her. Jeremy Johns, who, who I like, who is a very good YouTuber as well, probably the best movie reviewer YouTuber, uh, complains saying, how come we've never seen this character before that he's supposedly great friends with, you know, the Toby Jones character? And I'm thinking, well... I think he must have met him like after the like the, the opening scene is set after any of the 
previous three films. And just because you don't talk about him in Crystal Skull doesn't mean he doesn't know him or whatever, you know. Bit of a nitpick there, but, you know, whatever. There you have it. But, um, yeah, of course, he's uh, Helen is his goddaughter now and things. Um, what really... I'll say this as well, because a lot of people have a lot of problems with the Helena character, and yeah, she does have a, she is reckless, and has just have a disregard for life, because like, she does kind of set Indy up when like, all the Nazis come after him, she like locks him in the the locker thing, whatever, uh, but you know, I'll, may, I'll go into this later, her character does go through a journey, and we'll get to this later. Um, then we've got the uh, parade sequence as well, filmed in Glasgow. I recognised a lot of the buildings here as well. Even had a little walk down one of the streets as well, where, where it was filmed. After I, cause I went to see it at Glasgow Science Centre IMAX last Saturday, so that was fun as well. But loved the sequence, this was great. Got the bit with the horse and everything like that, when he's riding, riding the horse into the subway. And then when he gets off the horse and then and then goes on the subway, this woman's just staring at him and then, she, and then he's like... Yeah, well, subway's quicker, you know. <laughs> it's like classic indie. Come on, that's one of those lines, you know. Not quite as funny as like no ticket, but still, it's it had that spirit to it. So I loved that. That was great. Uh, I mentioned as well my non-spoiler review is I loved what they did with Salah in this um, film. You know, there's a bit the the the, the, the Nazis like shoot these people at this at the college. And then, so and basically make it look like Indy done the murder or whatever. He's on the run and he's watching a TV through uh through the through a shop window. This guy's about to rat him out, so he's like, "Oh, I see him!" And then he gets you get a big punch in the face. You think, "Oh, Indy's punched him." No, it's actually Salah who did it, <laughs> which was great. And uh, you know, he go, goes back to Salah's house. Uh, this I love these moments. So you've got Salah's kids. But he's taught Salah's Salah's taught his kids all about history, just out, out of respect for India as well, which I thought was brilliant. You know, people are talking about all these things, saying like, "Oh, you've disrespect and all this. The, the character's been disrespected and blah blah blah." And we all hate them. They they, they hate what they've done to them, and they were like, "Ah, just as a disrespect to the character." Notice how they've completely glossed over this moment when the absolute absolutely when they've shown the utmost respect when sal has taught his kids about history and then they're all they're all talking back to him about and he's out there they're actually quoting it back to him things like that so you know absolute show of respect but yeah all the all the youtubers had there's no there's no grift and clickbait for that one i suppose eh but whatever so we go and he goes off to morocco and you know and helen has been selling things off to pay off her debts to this Moroccan gangster that she was engaged to. And then this leads to the great tuk-tuk sequence as well. I absolutely love this sequence. One of the best action sequences there's been in Indiana Jones. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic stuff. This was pure Indiana Jones, and I loved it. There's always a, the the comparison to the minecart as well in Temple of Doom, but this outstanding stuff. Absolutely loved it. And... Later on as well, I mentioned something as well in the non-spoiler review when I mentioned that uh, there's moments when Indy actually does outsmart her and actually, yeah, you know, she's a smart arse as well, taking the piss at his age and things like that, but he gets back at her as well, like in Morocco he's like, yeah, I'm her godfather, it's past her bedtime and things like that, so nobody, again, the YouTubers aren't going to pick up on things like that, of course, there's a moment as well when they put the gum on the thing, I think it was on one of the something like that they, they actually fix them I can't quite remember what it was and then Indy says to her you need me and you damn well know it or something like that so there you go 
he's not getting completely cucked all the time, you know. So there's a, again these things you don't you you absolutely don't these things don't get brought up on the of course, but whatever because apparently the films woke. <sighs> Do you hear that word has been so bastardized so much, especially by YouTube, but and Twitter as well, but whatever. Um, and then we we come on to the next uh, coming on to the next part. And this is one thing we've got to talk about. They're, they're, they they go out to see he's, got, he's going to see his friend Antonio Banderas. This is uh, and he didn't have much to do in this film to be fair, but it was good to see him. Good to see him in a film like this. So you know, cool, good stuff. You know, so you've got um, the moment when he's t- uh, Indy and Helena are talking. And they start talking about um, what would you do if you could go back in time? And he starts talking about his son. And this was this was something I, I, I alluded, alluded to in the non-spoiler review. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the moment when they explain what happened to Mutt is one of the best scenes in the film. When Andy explains about how, you know, he, he went back at um, Mutt enlisted to go and fight in Vietnam, uh, but he died. And, and that actually then... That's what caused the breakup of his marriage to Marion as well, because he couldn't handle with her, their grief. Outstanding scene. This is where I can sort of see why Harrison was so passionate about doing this, but it took it to another level. You've never really seen any emotion like this in an Indiana Jones film, because emotion usually gets kind of brushed aside quite quickly. I mean, you've got like in Last Crusade, when Elsa dies, and I get it, she's like playing both sides and things. It's a serious thing, and there's like a pensive moment with Indy and his dad when they're like, uh, yeah, or Elsa never understood the girl and blah, blah, blah. Things In the end, like, two minutes later, they're joking about him being named after the dog. So they don't really ever usually let emotional things simmer in that in, in that sense. It's, it, Crystal Skull as well has got that little moment with Jim Broadbent when they talk about uh, you know uh, Marcus and you know Henry Jones had died as well. And then they're talking about how life, they're at the stage where life's taking things away rather than giving to them again. So, you know, that is, but then again, that's just a little moment, that's like one minute and things, but this was a proper absolute scene where you really, really felt the the emotion here and Harrison absolutely brought it and it's like, uh, Helena says, oh, did she do it? To, did he enlist to impress you? And he's like, no, he did it to piss me off, which is actually something that, judging from the Muck character and Crystal Skull, he would do something like that. Uh, so that was actually quite, consistent with that and you know and he say if he could turn back time he'd tell me he was going to die and, that, and it's, it actually really gets you in the feels of Harrison I mentioned this I think this is Harrison's best performance as Indiana Jones I really do I think he was outstanding in this film really absolutely do and you know a little moment when they've got to go underwater and they talk about how there's eels and then somebody says oh they're just like snakes and he's like no they're not <laughs> it's like, that was a great little classic uh, callback and then I think it's like Teddy, he says, oh, well, I can't swim. And he's just like, well, you're the lucky one. <laughs> so, so, so that was good. I've got as well a scene uh, when they escape from, I, I mentioned, this is one thing that was actually sacrilege. This is uh, my bad. I forgot to mention in the non-spoiler review how good Mad Mickelson is in this film as Voller, the villain. He's excellent. Really great stuff. Really menacing. No surprise here. He's a fantastic actor. And, you know, there's a scene when they're, they're holed up in the boat and they're wanting them to translate the dial, uh, but uh, you know, uh, they end up shooting An- Antonio Banderas, Indy's refusing to do it, then they shoot Antonio Banderas, and Helena then uh, like does it, does this little thing, and I thought the scene was great, but I, I get a lot of people probably complain about it, 
as well and she's basically playing them off and then they escape um but then she's like yeah hooray we're away and indy's like no my friend just died and he's like oh sorry you know <laughs> you know you can actually see again there is a certain disregard for life in many ways but i don't think she's like a bad bad character because you can actually see little flashes of humanity in her she's very selfish of course but there, there are some flashes of humanity of her even earlier on the tuk tuk uh, just after the tuk tuk scene now uh, when the the pickpocket is like uh, teddy stole his watch and then indy's like hey that's my dad's watch and then she's just like yeah give, give my back she wasn't a complete dick then as well she was just like you know and i remember when that happened i thought oh no this is a bit of shit but then actually you start to warn her when she's like yeah okay give him it back. So like, okay, she's not completely, completely off the rails then with that. But, um, so then we come, we get to like the, the moment they're in the tomb and things and then they get rambushed again by the bad guys. Indy gets shot and gets taken on the plane. They've got the dial and then the way Waller like tells how they're going to go back to 1939. They're going to assassinate Hitler before he invades Poland. Just is all about how they don't want to make the same mistakes he made. So he's going to now take charge of the Third Reich. And there's there's some great lines as well with this. And it's like when Waller says you shouldn't have came and you should have stayed in New York. And Indy says you shouldn't have invaded Poland. I can't remember when he actually says that. If he says that earlier in the film, but I do remember that line. But th this is near the end as well. And when the scene where they're on the plane. Uh, when Waller makes a joke and then he just says, don't try and be funny, you're German. <laughs> There's some great lines here, you know, Harrison's on fire in this. Of course, they're miscalculated and they end up uh, going back to like the Roman times and things like that. Uh, so um, when, this, uh, when the siege is going on, and this was outstanding, I absolutely love this. Now, this is when some people are going to say, eh, whatever, this is fucking stupid. But, you know, Indiana Jones has always done wild things. Look at the third act of Raiders, it's wild. You've got voodoo and everything in Temple of Doom. You've got so it's always been things like that. And that's why I always thought it was weird that people thought, oh, I draw the lines at aliens at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But it's always been like this. I mean, like I said, if Mission Impossible suddenly had something like, oh, let's go back in time or something like that, then you'd be like, yeah, that's a bit fucked up. But you know, but Indiana Jones has always been like that. You know, you know, I didn't never really understood the whole complaining about that, but whatever. And then. So this this is where you sort of see where the budget kind of... I was sometimes wondering where did the budget go with this film in many ways, because the budget is ridiculous, like $325 million or something like that. But, you know, uh, it was, it was... This is where... The, this looked visually sumptuous as well. This looked incredible. You can actually see where the money went in that sense. Of course, apparently, i seen a YouTube thumbnail when, uh, when it said, like, the de-aging cost about 100 million or something like that in itself and when you think about it there's probably back-end deals for ford spielberg and lucas as well no doubt with this so probably quite a bit of money went on that so it's all ballooned in many sense but um yeah you can this film at least this you can at least see where the budget went unlike the flash it's like what the fuck was that <laughs> at least this film looks good you know that's but um yeah and uh, and of course, you know, he's saying that uh, he wants to die. He, d he just wants to stay in history. But I thought this was great because, again, it tied in with his love of history. This was brilliant. I really loved this as well. And, and he was sitting there saying, there's nothing for me in the 60s now. I'm just going to stay here. And then this is where you get the Helena moment when she's like, look, you know, we don't... We, 
come back. You've still got stuff to live for. We don't. You'll change history, and he's just like, ah, I don't care. And there's going to be a lot of people who complain about this. But then there's there's the bit when she like punches him, knocks him out, and then of course she's they're back in. Uh, well, 1969 after this a lot of people are going to complain about this and oh, Andy did nothing in the final finale, yeah, kind of like you did nothing in the finale of Raiders as well have you forgotten about that? he just got stats he was just tied up and then uh, had his eyes closed with Marion and then everything else took its course <laughs> so, you know, people will complain about that but whatever what can you say? And we also come they also think they'll say, oh, he does nothing in the final act. I mean, to be honest, he literally, I mean, he's he survives getting shot and he's he's surviving. He doesn't die instantly or anything like that. He must have been bleeding out for God knows how long. And yet he's still able to jump out of an exploding aeroplane or a, a crashing aeroplane. So, you know, well, he's basically dying from a gunshot. So, you know, not bad for a, well, he's 80 year old now, but he would have been late 70s when filming that. So, you know, not bad. Not bad, you know. But um, of course, everyone's going to ignore that. And of course, we then come to the end, and you know, Salah's there, and we kids. But then they come, and uh, Marion's there, comes in. It's a brilliant throwback as well when they do the. How does it? Where does it hurt? And then it's almost like a reverse of that, <laughs> kissing the elbow and everything. It was a beautiful ending. Some people are going to complain about it. I thought it was beautiful. I'll be honest with you. I got choked up with it. It was. It just got me in the feels. It's the first time an Indiana Jones film has ever good and proper got me in the feels. And here's the thing. I was convinced he was going to get killed off in this film. I was. Especially when you seen him when he got shot there. And then when he was doing the whole speech and things, I thought, oh, this is it. This is the end. This is the end. And maybe I like the ending so much because I'm relieved they didn't actually kill him off. In fact, I'm sure I said months ago, like months ago, when I did my first trailer thoughts when the first trailer came came out just before Christmas I said to it, I'm con I'm convinced they're going to kill him off in this I'm so glad they didn't <laughs> you know there was all those rumors as well about how when they go back in time it was going to be he was going to get erased from history and Phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to take over from him which I hated that idea I really and I don't want anyone taking it over from him you know not even like the same with actually like the end of the Crystal Skull when he takes the hat off Shia LaBeouf he's just like ah fuck you you're not getting it but you know I actually thought that worked really well and you know like I said I, I do think as well you can see Helena's character actually does develop over the film that's why she didn't and to be honest she's nowhere near as annoying as Willie Scott let's be honest so I will say that um so yes overall this was great I absolutely love this film of course you've got there was a few other things. I, I, I kind of thought we were going to get the James Bond moment. I mean, kind of getting over the place. You know, the James Bond moment where he was going to die. But we didn't get that, thankfully. And, you know, we got an emotional but still quite happy ending in a way. And, of course, you've got as well the the hats hanging on the on the washing line outside. And then he just comes in, weeks it off, and then bang, that's it. Film's finished. And it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. So, you know... Film. I've had a week almost to think about it as well. It's not you could sometimes think, oh, it's just the emotion of it when you first come out, and sometimes the, all the excitement and everything. But a week later, I still think about the film. I still remember tons about it. Still a lot coming back to me, and I absolutely loved it. I was delighted with this film. Time will tell, of course, how it will stack up when you watch them over over in multiple viewings. But looking forward to watching it again. So. There's my thoughts there. That's my spoiler thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, there you have it. So, 
anyway, oh, the, one other thing as well to think about is uh, with uh, Helena character as well, when it shows that she actually isn't all bad, and I think a lot of it is bravado, is that the fact that she took Teddy under her wing, she actually, he was homeless or whatever, and then she actually looked after him, so, you know, it kind of shows she's not all completely cold-hearted, but just my thoughts there. That's my thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Absolutely loved it. So, anyway, going forward, I'm hopefully going to be going to see Elemental tomorrow, so I'll get a review up for that. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and goodbye.